better than nothing. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Squat Cobbler. It's been a couple weeks since we've been with you, but we are back with episode number whatever one this is. 64. I, 64. See how good a team we are with that stuff? I am Mike at Official Pagan on everything, and joining me as always... Hi, everybody. This is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. Now, we're back to do another one of our Prisoner Exchange albums. For anybody who hasn't been following along with us, we did a bunch of Alice Cooper reviews. You should go and check those out. Uh, they were particularly popular. We wanted to talk music more since Kelly and I are both big music fans. And we thought it, Kelly thought it would be a really cool idea uh, to do this Prisoner Exchange thing. I love the idea. And I'm having a lot of fun doing this. Basically, we're each exposing the other one to an album that was important to us or is important to us or had an impact on us. Something that the other one might not be familiar with. And we're always open to suggestions from you guys. So if you have anything, you know, send it our way. But this week is a really special week. We're going to talk about an album that not only was incredibly impactful on me, but we actually, and I, I'm going to assume this is a first, I think, for the Prisoner Exchanges, we know this band. So... I, yeah, I mean, I, I stalk Alice Cooper related people, but I wouldn't say I know Alice, although I did see Bisto Blanco uh, recently with uh, Chuck Garrick and Calico Cooper in it and was close enough that I could have slapped Chuck in the face uh, if I was man enough, but I wasn't. And it would be a bad idea. But it was. I, I just want to throw out there. Everyone heard Kelly Tool wants to slap Chuck Garrick in the face. Kick my butt. So we, we, you heard that here. Not true, Chuck. Fake news. You heard him say it. Go back. You heard him say it. But anyway, we know Psychotica. So for anyone who's been following Kelly and I prior to this podcast, we, of course, were on a radio show called Snarkalic Radio. The singer of Psychotica, Pat Briggs, joined us a few times on that show. Christian, the bass player of that band, and I are very good friends, and he is also the lead guitarist of my band. And, of course, Paul and Enrique are both great guys. I'm friends with those guys. So... Just as a quick, uh, before we get your top line reaction, before we even talk about the artwork or anything like that, did it have any effect on you going into this, knowing that they would definitely hear this review? I was I was aware it was different. That was in the back of my mind as I as I listened to it and had put down notes on what I wanted to kind of talk about uh, to actually have con- contact with these individuals. And so, yeah, it was different. It was definitely different. All right. So before we get into anything. Uh, what do you think of the cover artwork, sir? And for anyone, uh, I don't think I, I stated this, we are doing the band's self-titled full-length debut album. Uh, what did you think of the artwork, sir? So they were ahead of their their time in a couple ways. I think so. It's definitely kind of a an eye-catching cover. It I have I don't have a problem with it. Uh, recent activities has got me have a problem with the color purple, uh, in that for whatever reason I think there must have been. Uh, so for folks who don't know, I. I work in the suburbs of advertising, so I'm around people who advertise and, and do things and, and all of that. And what has so I pay kind of attention to that. And what has suddenly emerged is they must have had a meeting and said that the kids today like the color purple and the color orange. And so if you look at basically any ads that are being put together today that have animation or, or, or those types of things, you're going to see a heavy dose of purple and orange. Uh, and the shade of purple is the shade of purple on this album. So they were like way ahead of this trend in, in advertising. So I had to separate that because it's becoming highly irritating to me, the use of it. But they did as well before. Groundbreakers on it. It is a, a uh, it grabs your attention. You know, a purple background with kind of a almost Da Vinci-like posing of 
uh, I'm going to assume Pat, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in kind of a crucifix like pose. And so, so I, I definitely, it's an, it's, it's good art. It's attention grabbing. Uh, it's not their fault that the evil advertisers of, of current times have bastardized the color purple. Uh, but, uh, cool, cool cover in my opinion. Yeah. I, I remember. So prior to, to actually knowing the band Psychotica, um, I had seen, I'm going to say it was an interview with Pat in a zine. And then around shortly, I guess it would have been shortly after the album was released. I was in a record store. I had a little bit of money from my birthday or whatever it was. Saw the album, picked it up. One of the things that struck me was the cover. And I didn't even, until I picked it up and, and started looking at the title and the songs and stuff, I didn't even put together that this was the same band that I'd read the interview with. It was just the cover image that kind of caught my attention. And it's the illustration of Pat and sort of the Jesus pose. And I've always liked this cover. They've used this image on other things. So Kelly and I made a our summer vacation documentary, which came out earlier this year. Not to brag, was number one on Amazon. But Kelly and I had made that and Psychotica were a part of that. For some of the promotional stuff for that, I actually incorporated this image of Pat along with a sugar skull, which is something that my band typically uses in our imagery. So I'm I'm a big fan of this particular image of Pat. Yeah, definitely a cool cover. So before we start doing the track by track breakdown, any top line reaction? I I really just couldn't make my way through the album, Mike. I'm sorry. We're gonna you know I made <laughs> t- the top two songs and then I I just bailed. Uh, no. Uh, so again, multiple facets to this review. One, knowing uh, having an opportunity to have met Pat and uh, and interacted with Christian even more more than that. Uh, so that's in the back of my mind. You also making it very clear that this album sits in an incredibly important place in, in, in your heart. Uh, these are all factors going in. So I was like, well, I really, really hope I don't just like this album <laughs> because that would be bad. I can see why after going through all of this, why you feel the way you do about it. I think it's a very, very good album. And it's really something when Pat had come on our show I had done a little bit because I wasn't, I was not particularly familiar with the band. And so I had done a little bit. I didn't really delve much into this album uh, in the prep work for when Pat came on some of the newer stuff he was putting together that I uh, paid attention to at that point, just to get a little bit of background. I get it. Uh, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay, good. Yeah. It would have been weird if you're like, you know what? This is the one where just not into it. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know what you see in this. <laughs> no, no, it's there's, I got, I got, I got things to say as we get through this. Okay. All right, well, uh, let's just jump right into it. The first track on the album, Ice Planet Hell. This is a favorite of mine and among a lot of other Psychotica fans. This was literally the first thing that I had heard from the band um, because I hadn't actually heard them. I read the review or the interview with Pat, saw the album, thought it was a really striking uh, cover. So I picked it up and kind of just, you know, took it on faith because, you know, this was in the days of actual record stores. I love that. I can pay a monthly fee and I have access to millions of songs and albums on Apple Music or Spotify or Tidal or whatever it is that each individual listener chooses to subscribe to. But there is something I think we lose by not being at a record store and just flipping through albums and seeing album covers. You really don't stumble upon things and take risks on albums anymore. And I don't know how much of a risk it was because I was really sold by Pat's interview. But had I not even read that, this cover definitely would have brought me into it. But I still didn't know what I was going to get when I listened to it. And this song is a particularly rhythm section driven song, a lot of bass and drum work. Uh, I really liked the rhythm of the song. 
I like the way it builds up. Thought the chorus was good, uh, particularly Paul's guitar work on the chorus. I was also really interested in Paul. I was a big White Zombie fan, particularly in their early days. And Paul was a founding member of the band White Zombie. And he had left that band and gone on to form Psychotica. You know, I was really curious to see, was this going to be something that was similar to White Zombie? And it wasn't, not at all. Uh, there's there's maybe one track later that I'll make a little White Zombie comparison to, but this is really its own animal and something totally different. And I mean that in a really good way, even though I did enjoy that early White Zombie stuff. This, to me, was much better. What really sold me and made me a lifelong fan of this band, though, is when uh, maybe about three quarters of the way into the song, when Pat starts with the, the more operatic vocals. Uh, that's what really sold me because you start to really see Pat's range as a vocalist. Later on the album, you get a lot more of that, but on this song, that's that's where it really kicks in and gives you that that sense of, of what you're going to get later. And this is, I, I feel, a fairly diverse album, so I thought it was a good first song, good way to kick off the album. Totally agree about the diversity on the album. Uh, just a lot of interesting twists and turns through it. It's cohesive, but but goes a lots of different places. And this this was on the number one ranked Amazon, our summer vacation, right? This was the song, one of the songs featured, right? This is, this is featured. Yes. Yes. Which is very, very cool. And you, and you get a little bit of the operatic stuff from Pat on that great start to it. Really enjoyed the song. I love the kind of core riff of it. Uh, his vocals are really awesome. And multiple times through there, it's super impressed with, I'm, I'm a, I think anyone who's listened to Mike and I talk about albums, I'm a big fan of, people who know what they're doing regarding lyrics pat clearly knows what he's doing regarding lyrics you know kind of come right out of the gate with the uh, crystal clear ringing in my ear kind of stuff is super cool so i love the, i love the core riff of it i love the lyrics on it and the, and the vocals as you mentioned so great start to the album and it started a very interesting progression of going like okay i bet you this is going to be my favorite song and that i have that conversation with myself a couple times <laughs> through this album <laughs> This one started off going, I think it's got a pretty good candidate to, to, to stick there. First, you know, Mike and I are both big first song guys. Great start. Yeah, it's good. And as Kelly mentioned, this is featured in the our summer vacation documentary that Kelly and I produced. It was number one on Amazon. I, I don't think we said that. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah. But, you know, we don't like to plug our own stuff. But if you guys want to go and check that out, there's a really cool sing along moment with Pat and the crowd on this song in particular. Yeah. Really uh, very cool moment. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the second track, which is The Worship. So on this album, there are a number of short segues between songs. A lot of bands were doing this kind of thing around that time, more to pad out albums. Uh, it was filler. It made albums look like there was more songs on them because this was the CD era and CDs could hold a lot more than vinyl could. So you saw all of a sudden there were a lot of albums coming out with, you know, 15 plus tracks, a lot of albums pushing around 20 tracks at this particular point in the 90s, and not necessarily for any good reason. I would argue that the segues on this album serve a really good purpose, though. I'll make that argument later in the, the album, because there's one in particular that I think does a great job. But basically, I feel like they break up the songs, which kind of accentuates the peaks and valleys of the album a little bit more than if all of the core songs were just one right after the other i'd agree with all of that because it, it does occur kind of multiple times through there and it does kind of create a nice pivot in between them this is very much kind of a soundscape deal and a bridge uh between between two songs and and i liked it all right so the third track star fucker love of course when i first picked up the album 
turned it over, started reading the song title, Starfucker Love jumped out in my kid brain, and I was like, this is going to be an amazing song. I was right. <laughs> um, th- this is, is a favorite of mine. Uh, I'm not sure how big a role it plays in the live shows, but it, it's definitely a favorite of mine. Uh, a lot of people talk about this song. There is a earlier version of this under the title Alien Love, which is still a lyric in the chorus of the song. Uh, there was a self-titled EP released to promote the album prior to the album and had like three or four tracks on it, I believe. This uh, version of this appears on there under the title Alien Love, just as a weird little fact for everybody. But Starfucker Love is a interesting kind of song, and it's also the first appearance of Rika on this album. She was, is, was uh, <laughs> a part of the, the Psychotica family, uh, providing backing vocals throughout this album. And sporadically later at certain live events and occasionally on recordings as well. And what was the what was the uh, her name again? Rika. Rika. Yeah. So uh, M, you know MVP <laughs> for her because because she does make multiple appearances uh, throughout the album and in a really kind of targeted way and really adds a lot. And this was was the first appearance. So I was, I was hoping, given your background, you could. I wanted to say, so who is that? Because. <laughs> They're awesome. Uh, so it was a good thing. So I'm going to refer to this uh, as uh, Star Pluker Love because I've got to edit this podcast oh. for YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, as we all know in Joe's Garage, uh, pluke, pluking uh, is a euphemism uh, for, for the official title of this album. <laughs> and so I like Star Pluking Love quite a bit. Um, look at all the editing time I'm saving. It's amazing. Uh, good driving song, major percussion background to it, and like a, like I said, it the the kind of and I don't know is it it it's this kind of weird amalgamation of of rapping slash reggae punch kind of thing going on uh, with her that is just adds a really cool additional dimension to the song at the end of it. So I like this song quite a bit. So that kind of it inched out Ice Planet Hell. So okay, so I think now this is my new favorite song. More to come. <laughs> Well, so you'd mentioned that there there's some pivots on this. So with Ice Planet Hell, you get a more rhythmic dr- song. It's a driving song, but it's a more rhythmic song. This is definitely more guitar-driven. It's a different kind of feel, but it still feels like it exists in that same world. And that's what I like about this album. I feel like there's a lot of changes throughout this, but it's never out of place. It all feels like one cohesive work to me. And yes, Rika, to me, really stands out because she's more than just a background singer because she has such a distinctive approach to her vocals. So to paint the picture for anyone who's never seen Rika, she's a very tall German woman. And her approach to vocals is like a rap and reggae inspired, as Kelly mentioned, approach. And it's it's just very interesting. I, I don't even know how to really properly describe it to give it its due. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, so, and even even though the whole tall German reggae rap genre has been <laughs> overdone, right? I it's oversaturated. Oversaturated. It's still it works here, so it's great there. Yeah, I would have uh, for whatever reason I had her being much shorter. <laughs> so no, she's she Christian described her to me. I've never met Rika, but Christian has done a couple of shows with her. Again, she's only been sporadically involved later. She's heavily featured on this album. Uh, did some shows with them, some a little bit of touring with them, and then has sporadically popped up on the occasional recording or show after that. Uh, but Christian has done some stuff with her. Uh, Christian was not on this album for anybody 
I don't know if I made that clear in the beginning. Christian joined after this, but he has met Rika and worked with her, and he described her as very tall. And Christian is not a short guy, so if he says she's tall, I am picturing somebody extremely tall. So that brings us to Little Prince, another pivot. Uh, this is a much more softer. I don't want to use the word ballad necessarily, but it, it's definitely a softer song. Uh, this is my favorite Psychotica song of their entire catalog. This this has been a favorite of mine for a long time. I love the song. If you see, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Kelly and I produced this tour documentary that Psychotica appeared in. It was actually number one on Amazon. Um, in the montage from the Psychotica reunion show in Spain, this gets the most play because it's my favorite song. So this gets the longest clip in there. I am 100% biased. I love this song. I love the lyrics to it. I love the buildup of the song. Again, it's a different feel from what we've heard up until this point, but still cohesively all fits together. I definitely, when I heard this song, I was like, Pat and I would be good friends. <laughs> the first time that I heard this song. Pat also actually, uh, as a little fun trivia fact, uh, re-recorded this song with Paul from Psychotica for his solo album, Pervert, which came out a couple of years ago. What did you think of this one, sir? like this song quite a bit. It's not in the rotation of my favorite songs as I've kind of gone through here in terms of I like it quite a bit, but this one didn't knock off Star Fluker at this point. Uh, great song. Uh, it's it's super interesting in that there's so it's never derivative uh, per se. In ter- I mean, Pat's got a really amazing delivery and very varied. And as I just kind of listen to this, um, I'm a big Gary Newman fan. And like at the very, very start of this, you almost get the Gary Newman vibe again, not derivative, but you get a little bit of that vibe. And then it goes, almost goes into almost a British invasion kind of thing. Uh, again, more amazing lyrics. Like you pay the price for isolation found. Just amazing stuff. Uh, and a lot of the space imagery. So this this is a great piece of work. I, I enjoyed this song quite a bit. I never caught the Gary Newman thing, but now that you say it, I can definitely see it. You've mentioned lyrics a couple of times. I'm going to get into lyrics in a second. Uh, I haven't up until this point, only because I love all of Pat's lyrics. So if I were to start uh, a tattoo thing with Psychotica, I would just cover my entire body. I would definitely pretty much get this entire song tattooed to me. So moving on to the next track, Stop. This is, at this point in the record, this is the heaviest, most driving song we've heard up until this point. Getting into the lyrics part, don't come around my way because you're fucking up my day. is one of my favorite lyrics in any song. You meant pluking up my day, Mike. <laughs> pluking up my day. Um, I just love that line so much. I, I like this song. It's a great driving song. Again, Rika adding some punch to it. I like this song again quite a bit. It, uh, again, hints of my, my, my first note is clashy at the start and then psychotica. So it was like, you know, hey, get a little bit, and then they kind of really quickly kind of turn into, there's a hint of that, and then it just kind of gets into the psychotica feel. I really like the chorus. The delivery of the chorus was fantastic, and the guitar is great on this song. Good stuff. So that brings us to our next segue, The Call. Uh, this is a Rika-centric segue. Uh, you get some vocals from her. There's a cool like drum and bass loop going on in this, and then you get unexpectedly some bells at the end which lead into the next track but i really like the bells at the end because i just felt like that's something you aren't expecting to hear at this point in the album you first note on this i love this song uh so i as i go through and do the songs i also kind of write some numbers down on the side to kind of help me in terms of the relationship to them this became my new note favorite song on the album so this clocked in at nine Nine out on a 10 scale. Love the song. Love the Rika stuff quite a bit on this. 
Uh, it's it's a just a really great song. One of my favorites. Not ultimately my favorite favorite, but one of my favorites. <laughs> All right, interesting. So that brings us to Freedom of Choice, the seventh track on the album. This is actually a cover. This is a cover of a Devo song. And I I know the backstory of this song because of our relationship to them. I, I don't want to get too much into it because, you know, maybe we can have them explain that on a future episode or something like that. But uh, they were uh, more or less commissioned to do this song. This wasn't like a song that they were playing live or anything like that. This is something that they were asked to do. I am not super familiar with the original Devo song, so I can't. I've definitely heard it before, but I feel like I'm not familiar enough with it to comment on how close of a cover it is. But I think Pat's vocal on this song is great. So my new favorite song <laughs> now as we work through there becomes a nine plus uh, there. And so as I was going through, again, completely unfamiliar with this album, uh, I saw Freedom of Choice and I go, well, that's that's not going to be the Devo song. <laughs> it's going to be something new. for." And then all of a sudden it starts off. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the Devo song. Because Freedom of Choice is actually one of my favorite Devo songs. Oh, nice. What was most exciting to me is I'm a, I'm a big Devo fan. I enjoy them quite a bit, but there's a there's a vibe to Devo. There's a delivery to it. And this song has so much promise and crunch to it that ultimately the Devo delivery can take it so far, but it was super cool. And I'd always thought about, boy, if somebody else did the song, I bet you it could even be better than what I already love. And that's exactly what happened here. Because I was on my first note, oh my God, Devo. And it was, it was nice to hear a a reminiscent but different kind of guitar approach to because freedom of choice has got it's, it's pretty cool uh kind of guitar riff set up from there it was this movement from kind of the more binary devo to the dark pat kind of thing which is super cool for this song the drums at the very end of the song are incredibly cool so this was one where it was like they took a song that i already loved and in, in my opinion improved upon it uh and so it temporarily held my favorite song. <laughs> I'm really curious to see what your favorite song is. <laughs> Cause I, I knew you were a Devo fans. So I, I thought this would get a good reaction. So now I'm really curious. All right, let's, let's move yeah, on. And I was struggling too, because I didn't want to like have my favorite song be a cover, you know, cause it's just, I just didn't think that felt right. But I was like, I don't think it's going to change because it's an amazing song, but it did. All right. Interesting. So the next song is 180 degrees. So I love the guitars on this song. There's some cool, like, abrupt melodic shifts in it. But really, like, this is the most... So Psychotica has been described as a, a goth band, an industrial band. There is clearly, for anybody who listens to their music, there's a lot of, particularly in Pat's delivery, a lot of, like, glam and arena rock influences that come in through Pat. This is the most overtly sort of goth-sounding song, though, and that's why I like it, because that's a lot of the music that I was listening to at the time. So this fits most squarely into that so you don't have as much of the arena rock thing and the, the goth influence on this song it is front and center on this talked a little bit about pat's fantastic vocal delivery style and and you never never derivative but you just get hints of things this is one that really almost there's a bowie feel to it in my opinion so the yeah, bowie, I definitely see that bowie delivery is kind of cool very cool power guitar to start this song off back to these kind of effortly awesome lyrics about and did you fall from grace in the rhythm of it all? It's just, you know, just magic. It's just a really fantastic kind of uh, stringing together of concepts. So very, very cool. So I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the song quite a bit. Very cool. All right. So that brings us to the sleep. 
This is a cello and piano instrumental track. It's different than the other segue tracks that we've had up until this point because this feels more like a complete song rather than something that just is a bridge between tracks. And I really like it. One of the things about Psychotica that is really interesting and really set them apart at the time from the other bands and that sort of alternative rock scene. And you have to remember, like, shortly after this album came out, Psychotica was on tours with bands like Metallica. And they were coming out on stage before Metallica with a cello player. And this is years before Metallica ever did their orchestral album and stuff like that, when they would have balked at the idea of even thinking of doing something like that. So for them to come out in front of those crowds and have a cello player, and Enrique is just an incredible cello player on top of that, that's one of the things that really pulls their sound together and gives them such a unique vibe that other bands of their genre don't have. So I kind of kick things off by talking about them being ahead of their time. And so here's yet another time. So, Mike, are you watching Westworld at all? No, I'm not. I'm behind on Westworld. But you're familiar with the Westworld theme song? Yes. So this could be the Westworld theme song. And the Westworld existing Westworld theme song is a nice piece of music. This would be better, <laughs> in my <laughs> opinion, from there. So it's it's got it's got that kind of kind of feel to it. I do think it's a it's a fantastic um, instru- instrumental piece. Uh, but I just as I was listening to it, I go because the Westworld theme is very much kind of a cello piano kind of deal, but this is a much better <laughs> piano cello kind of deal. So loved it. That was good. Very nice. And that brings us to our tenth track, Flesh and Bone. This is featured in our documentary that Kelly and I produced. That was it, number two. No, wait. Number no, one. Number one on Amazon, sir. It's hard to it's hard to, you know, keep it all straight. This is I mentioned sort of the arena rock influences. To me, this is the, the biggest arena rock sort of sing along type song on this record. A lot of great uh guitar riffing at the beginning of it and and drums at the beginning I mean the song comes kind of roaring in at you in a really good way. Back again to trying to outrun our human nature. Again, it's kind of effortless, awesome lyrical content uh, from there. So I, I enjoyed the song. Uh, really powerful start, particularly. You can see, if you watch the documentary that Kelly and I produced, uh, you can see this is definitely a song that was built for a live environment. And you can see the crowd's great reaction and them singing along to it. That's 100%, at least to me, the feel that you get when you're listening to the studio recording as well. So that brings us to the 11th track, Blue Fear. This is another favorite of mine. I This song to me has, uh, we mentioned that there's definitely, you know, a dark sort of tone to a lot of this stuff. To me, this song sort of has the darkest tone. There's almost like a, a menace about Pat's delivery of the lyrics in this song. The, a much more kind of almost bluesier uh, kind of tonality to it. A lot of interesting kind of fuzz going on with it as well. Uh, so this, this is going to be an interesting uh, comment for me to make to you. In listening to it, I kind of went, you know what? This could have been a song on Brutal Planet. Yes. And uh, I think it just it, it kind of camps. It, I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily high industrial. It's got a little more blues kind of going to it. But and just listening to it, I go, I could totally see this being in that that world of Brutal Planet. Absolutely, yeah. I could definitely see that. That's not something I would have thought of on my own, but I completely agree with it. All right, so from Blue Fear, we're going to make a little bit of a pivot here. The 12th track on this, What Is God? I absolutely love this song. <laughs> it's not my favorite on the album, but it's up there. It's one of my favorites. It has such a big 
sort of open soaring kind of sound to it and it is without question the fastest paced song on the album i've been listening to this album for over 20 years now i still can't figure out what reek is saying in her verse <laughs> so it does keep me from singing along to this to part of the song but i really love she has such a fast paced delivery to her verse in the opening and it makes a great juxtaposition when pat comes in because pat's vocals are a lot slower and more melancholic and they play off really well on the super upbeat pace of the song. So in reviewing the song titles, as I was going through, Star, Star Pluker Love, <laughs> or, you know, a, a moment of concern to say, oh, let's see what's going on there. Uh, but then I saw this treasure sitting down there at the end. I'm like, so <laughs> this should prove to be interesting. Uh, and indeed it was. Uh, again, I would totally agree the, the, the Rika uh, additions to this huge and the contrast between it's such a such a such an interesting contrast between pat and her that it's super super cool from there uh so i like a lot of it uh so i have been highly complimentary of the lyrics to date there there was so this was one that gave me some pause because and and i guess this is pre-payback because the next time mike and i get together we're going to be talking about captain beefheart's shiny beast bat chain polar which strings together words and concepts that have never occurred anywhere before. Uh, and, uh, and that's what happens in this song too. Cause when there's the whole Jesus kissed me on my thigh, <laughs> that was a moment. I was, I was waiting to see if you were going to comment on that. I was like, I'm not going to say it cause I want to see if Kelly does. So that was a moment that, I, that I'm not entirely sure where I'm at on. Uh, it's stark imagery. Uh, and then for, for some reason, not in this song, but what all of a sudden started drilling through my head uh, was uh, Jesus kissed me on my thigh, but I never asked him why. But I didn't. I don't know. I don't know why that happened. But, uh, so I mean, the song it, deeply affected you. Yeah. Yes. It caught my, so that was that was uh, like a moment for there. But uh, great song. Enjoyed it. OK, so that brings us to Lachocha, which is uh, another segue song. Again, I, I think it, it serves its place to sort of break up. And I'm going to go straight into the 14th track on this to, to break up what is God in Barcelona. Barcelona is one of the band's most popular songs. So for anyone who doesn't know the history of Psychotica or anything about them, their biggest territory where they are by far more popular than anywhere else is Spain. And this is one of their most popular songs. Obviously, it gets a huge reaction in Spain. <laughs> because it references Spain, but Spain is is an enormous territory for them. Uh, if you watch Kelly and I made this documentary, <laughs> and if you were to watch it, uh, there's Psychotica hadn't played live together in a long time, so they did a reunion show in Spain where their their most hardcore fans lie, and there are thousands and thousands of people that came out to see this reunion show and sing along to every song and. This is one of the most popular songs. It's a song that I like. It's not one of my personal favorites, but it's always been one of the most popular songs by the band. So I appreciated Lakocha kind of coming in and cleansing the whole thigh issue, <laughs> giving it, giving us a moment <laughs> to reassemble, uh, and then going into Barcelona, uh, and he's kind of chatting up a senorita in the song. A really, really nice set of lyrics on this. Very, very cool. It was neat because there was kind of the some of the the riffs in this are kind of hearkening back to what you might anticipate for uh, kind of a Spanish-based song. 
but not not over the top at all. It's just hints of it. Just kind of paints the picture, gets you into the imager. So I like I like that quite a bit. You get a Mozart name check. That's always good. Uh, always like to have that in it. Uh, but it's it's a it's a it's a good song, and I I can see why it's very popular in Spain. It's the old wrestler trick that you want to kind of call out the city. So very cool. <laughs> and I I don't know like how connected these things are. Like if this helped them build the base in Spain or not, or if it's just coincidental that. They took off in Spain, and of course, people latched onto this particular song. But even here, the, this is a particularly popular song by the band. So that brings us to the future, which is another segue. It really just serves as an intro. I'm going to kind of couple the next two tracks because it really, to me, serves as an intro to Cybernation. So the future is, up until this point, the most electronic thing that we've heard on this album. Uh, which goes into Cybernation, which is an overtly electronic, industrial type of track. Much more so than we've heard up until this point. And again, the band is often categorized as an industrial band, and there are certainly industrial elements to this. But at no point on the album up until this point have you heard anything that was this electronically driven. So for the future, it's kind of a soundscape. You got, you got modems, you got tones, dial tones, static get almost a heartbeat running through it as well. And then kind of a little dance club section there again that I may or may not have been dance clubbing in my chair as I listened to. Uh, I'm not going to officially comment on that, but it could have possibly happened. I like that you won't officially comment on that, but the Jesus kiss me on my <laughs> thigh. <laughs> but I never asked him why, <laughs> which I think would be a horrible addition to that song. Uh, but uh, uh, so I like the future. I thought that was, it was, you know, again, kind of a nice little set piece. Cybernation. Now I've gone through my series of favorite songs. This has become, as I, I went through the, this became my favorite song on the album. Uh, oh, wow. It's got Rika in it. Uh, it's this dark world kind of thing. It's just a killer song. Lyrically, again, you got riding on the back of a sacred cow. No thigh references. Super awesome there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then you, this kind you of prefer your psychotica songs with little or no Jesus I like keep, related homoerotica. Yeah, I'd like to keep I'd like to keep Jesus thigh content to a minimum. Uh in the future. It's just a recommendation. Uh and then this kind of so Rika kind of you know wraps into this and just covers in the song and and is such a huge part of making it my favorite. I just kind of came back to this two or three times um, as I was getting ready because I just so enjoyed this song. And then the kind of that dis- the Rika delivery is there's, you know, kind of the distortion and, and audio stuff kind of going on with it, plus just the delivery style. But then there's a different kind of distortion at the end with Pat on the delivery that is super cool, too. So just overall, this is this is all I can ask for in a song. And I really, really enjoyed it. Very cool. All right. So that brings us to track 17, New Man. This is the one point where I will make some reference to White Zombie, as I said in the beginning that I would. Um, so when Paul, Paul, who is the founder of Psychotica, was also a founding member of White Zombie along with Rob Zombie, the early incarnation of White Zombie before they became the more groove industrial oriented band that most people think of when they had their more mainstream success before breaking up and rob zombie of course going solo when paul was still in the band in those early days they were definitely more like noise rock and art rock influenced less of an industrial kind of feel to it this song to me you hear a lot more of paul's like noise and art rock 
influences. This is the first time they really come front and center on his riffs and his guitar playing on this song. And I don't mean that in a bad way, because this certainly is not derivative of White Zombie at all. This is actually the only point on the album where I, as a fan of the early White Zombie stuff, could hear any sort of a bridge between the two bands. And to me, that's actually a good thing, because I don't if somebody leaves a band to go in a different direction, I want them to actually go in a different direction. I want to see what they can do, what their ideas are and and creatively where they're going to go. And to me, this album completely delivered on that because prior to listening to this, I hadn't heard Pat sing yet. I didn't know about the cello parts to this. I didn't know that the Rika vocals were coming. I didn't know what I was going to get. So I was coming into this actually more as a fan of Paul initially. So I didn't want to just hear something that was derivative of White Zombie because at the time that this was coming out is when White Zombie was starting to become more of a mainstream thing. So I didn't want to just hear that, like his reincarnation of White Zombie, and I couldn't be happier that none of that's in there. And this is the only song, if you're a White Zombie fan and you were looking for some sort of connection there, you could make a minor tie just because you hear a little bit of Paul's sort of noise rock influences. So I hear what you're saying on, on that connectivity. This is, and I think it kind of ties to uh, to that genre a, a little bit. This is the, the kind of least structured vocals uh, song on this on this album. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just it uh, there there is kind of such kind of precision in some of the other things of this one. Uh, it's just just a I don't want to call it muddy, but it's just a little bit different there. Now nowhere even close to a skip, but in, in just in terms of relative to everything else, there's a lot of stuff on this album that, that I just kind of play place place ahead of that. I, I thought it was a nice song. I enjoyed it. I just there's a lot of other number ones and previous number ones that I've listened to earlier uh, that that I felt stronger, but I, I I did like it and I totally see what you're saying. It's honestly. It's an album that I love. It's my favorite album by my favorite band. But this is probably the song I listen. This is definitely the track I've listened to the least of the whole album. This this is one that gets far less replays than everything else on here. I don't dislike it. It's not a skip. It's just my least favorite on an album that I love. Which brings us to the closer, the awakening. This is really cool because again, I didn't know any of the cello stuff was coming. I really loved it once I heard it. The way that they incorporated cello into their sound. It, it's one of the things that makes Psychotica and makes them unique. And The Awakening is basically like a three-minute cello solo, but the cello is distorted. So it's presenting the cello. And I, so I have always listened to classical music. I hadn't heard... I've heard now, of course, so many bands have done orchestral-based projects or symphonic projects. But at that time, it wasn't very common. And the way that they incorporated the cello into their sound, I thought was really unique. And now they're presenting the cello in a different way that you've heard it even from them up until this point. So I had already been fooled once when I saw Freedom of Choice to go, wow, that's not going to be the Devo song. And it was. And so then I came to the Awakening and I said, well, that's not going to be the Alice Cooper song, but my confidence is shaken (laughs) a little bit at this point in time. So it wasn't. There's almost little hints of, of uh, Pink Floyd uh, in in kind of this soundscape. Uh, uh, a really kind of cool way to end the album. Enjoyed the song. Uh, makes it the ch- the some pretty unexpected and incredibly enjoyable cello stuff going on in uh, the Awakening. All right. Well, that's the self-titled album from Psychotica. I hope you enjoyed it, sir. It's like I said, my favorite album by my favorite band. So. 
I did very, very much, and CyberNation is going to be in heavy rotation for me. Very cool. See, that is not what I would have guessed. I'm not sure which one I would have guessed, but it wouldn't have been CyberNation, so that's really interesting. Well, free, I mean, and it it uh, it took a lot to knock Freedom of Choice because it was, again, a, a song that was already a favorite of mine, and it was like to say, yeah, now you've just taken it to 11, and uh, so that was, was there, but then just the more I heard CyberNation, it just really clicked for me, so. Fun one. Appreciate uh, the recommendation. I was really glad to hear. I, I'm super glad I liked it, <laughs> just for, <laughs> for a variety of reasons. But uh, I did genuinely enjoy it, so it was very cool. So thanks, Pat. Thanks, Psychotica. This is very cool. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you soon. Stop the broadcast.